sure they can hear it. Hello, everybody. We are live on Instagram. Today, we have a special guest, which I'm going to talk about and introduce you guys in a second as soon as he joins and he just joined. So, you know, I hope you guys are having a blessed and wonderful evening. We have a very special guest tonight. I'm very excited for what's going to happen whenever this guy this oh here he is he he's deciding to he's requesting to join like i said i'm really excited we have an og we have okay hello hello sir what's up okay we're gonna wait for a couple people more to join because i guess instagram's a little laggy it says we have gabriel saying you look like you just popped out a 90 snow frame who me or felix I think we both can look like one of those people. So, what's up, everyone? What's up? What's up? What's up? We got eight people. I think that's a pretty good start. I think we're going to break a record. Felix, no pressure, but we're having a leaderboard and behind the scenes of who is the best podcast host. Or not host, sorry. Um, what is it called? Guest. That's what it's called. We have we have a leaderboard who the best podcast guest is. So, no pressure, but if you want to beat that, and, you know, we have a very high standard set by Brian, Anna, and fellow representatives of WAC. So, like I said, no pressure. We got 10,000 people joining. Well, what's up, 10, everyone? What's up, everyone? This is the best podcast in North America. Hands yep. down. It, you can go on Apple Music. It's on there. Make sure you like and subscribe. You can't like and subscribe because it's Instagram. But, you know, this podcast is when you got 12,000 people. All right, so... We got a lot of I think, I think I'm going to break your record, bro, because I'm going to bring in my audience, too. I see people from my side. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Becca. Okay, okay. What's Arizona up, everyone? representing. What's up, Hello. everyone? All right, we're going to 20,000 people. That's We're going to try to aim That's for the goal. If you can aim for 20K, then for sure, hands down, you can host the next podcast. I'll give you that much. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, yo. We got 13,000 people, aka 13 people. But what's up, everyone? My name is... Carlos Josue Hernandez. I will be your humbled guest today, aka my name, nickname Chochi. What's up? <laughs> we got Star Trek fan. And, you know, we're going to talk about and we're going to be speaking to a very special guest, someone that I consider a very close friend, a very good mentor and inspiration in my personal life and uh, in the lives of other people as well. Shout out. We're live from AZ. And we're live from Virginia. And this guest that we're talking about today is no other than or none other than Felix Calero. And we are we are a pleasure to have you in our presence today in our podcast. So if we can get some emojis in the chat, you know, let's get some clapping emojis. This is a very historic moment. This is one of our first podcasts that we're going to do that's virtual and having someone that obviously is from another state, which is pretty cool. So... Felix, how are you feeling today? How do you feel, my dude? I'm feeling good. I'm a little concerned with the internet. Do I lag at all? I'm on mobile. I right think now. we're good. So okay. the people watch for people watching, if we're lagging anything, make sure you let us know. We're gonna see if we can fix anything with the internet connection. That's kind of like the only issue that we could possibly face. But other than that, I think we should be set. So like I said, make sure you guys let us know in the chat. How you guys are feeling, if you guys are feeling good, if you guys are excited, and if you guys are having or facing any internet 
within our connection. So what is up, Felix? I'm excited to do this interview. Um, you know, he reached out to me yesterday and I was really excited because we weren't going to have a podcast today because of the weather here in Virginia. For those of you who don't know, it snowed a bunch and that affected people's availability. So yeah. yeah. How do you feel? How are you nervous? Good. No, I'm not nervous. I'm from a youth. It's good. <laughs> I, I like know most of this crowd. I think I'm your number one fan. Chochi is the best host. I agree, Anna. Um, I <laughs> like you. try to tune in each time you guys make one of these. So, and we're there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Like, this is something new that obviously you've seen. This is something that we've never done before. Um, you know, I've been trying to be, trying to have a, like a good host mindset, trying to be, you know, comfortable for the guests and all that stuff. So, you know, it, we'll see what happens. But okay, Felix. We're just going to dive straight into it. We got a good amount of people. We got 14K. Like I said, I think we can hit 20K as people are coming in. So I, I definitely think yeah. 20K is possible. We're going to shoot for it. And I think we're going to have some very good conversations about just anything. So like I've told all their guests here on this podcast, very free-flowing. We keep it real. This is for the youth. Where I'm a youth. This isn't yeah. for the old people crowd with all due respect, right? We keep it real here. We like to keep it 100. So any thoughts and concerns or things that are usually taboo to talk about in the older crowd or just, you know, for most people, we'd like to talk about it here because our youth will greatly benefit and whoever is tuning in will greatly benefit from all the things that aren't mentioned and aren't talked about within those bigger audiences. So yeah, just aforementioned, just as a warning. So let's just get straight into it. So we like to start off our podcast with four questions. They're called the Funky Four, as you know, the legendary I know, yeah. Um, so, um, like I said, these questions are interesting. They are, I don't know. They are, they're just one of the best questions that we have. So, um, we're going to start off. Number one, number one, if you could live anywhere, where would it be and why? And do not say Arizona. You cannot pull that card. <laughs> I legit would though, but, um, <laughs> where would I live? I anywhere. think one, one of yeah, one of two places. I think either Miami right now, because it's popping. Um, or I think, I mean, genu generally, I, I would live in Arizona. But yeah, I think, I think Miami. I think like all of the, all of the open doors and things I'm involved in are really exploding there right now. So, Miami. Okay, cool. And what's the other place? Uh, I was thinking Texas, but I don't know Virginia. if I would move to Texas. Uh, no, not Virginia, bro. Virginia, <laughs> DC area is uh -huh. in the past. Yeah, it's not gonna. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like used to dream about like Europe and like go to live in Argentina and stuff like that. But yeah, I yeah. I feel very like kind of centered in this season of my life, and I think Miami. I know everyone is going to Miami. Yeah, I think that that kind of space is something that I'd be interested in. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good answers, as you've seen, because you obviously tuned into our, our previous hosts. You know, mm -hmm. Brian and Anna, big advocates of Miami. I have not gone to Miami yet, so maybe that's a trip that me and you can partake in, in sometime in the near future. Um, but yeah, those are great places. Okay, number two, moving on to number two of the Funky Four. What is your proudest accomplishment? Mm. You can take your time. No my rush. Proudest. You know, we like. Yep. Can you hear me? No we rush. lagged a little bit. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, my proudest accomplishment. I mean, so it's like I, I view my life as like different areas and yeah. di different like um, kind of like the three key areas of my life are obviously family, like church, and then business. And obviously, like the, the pride of my life is my family, is my kids, is how we're going. Um, to be honest, if I were to say anything is like far as like, uh, I mean, honestly, honestly, is, is Rema youth. To be honest, in the relationships I made with you guys, like my peers, like we have relationships that have long lasted past distance. And as I orient like my life forward, that time that I was there was the foundation of everything that's come today. And so like my business, like the, the direction of my career, my relationships and friends, the vision and plan I have for like our local church and the future of our ministry, my, my family, everything really started with my time at, at WAC and specifically with Rema Youth. So really like you guys, you Chochi, you Gabriel, all the youngins, like everything that consists of my time in my life is with you guys. Okay. Yeah, that's a great answer. And we're going to dive into those things as the podcast goes on. But that is for a little bit later. So great answers, Felix. We're loving it so far. You guys have a great guest for those of you that are watching today. So make sure you show Felix some love. Can you drop some emojis? Make sure he's loved out here. Um, so we're going to move on to question number three. Um, and that question is, what is the dream that you have yet to accomplish? Oh, actually own uh, my own business. Like have my own business, like 100%. That's like what I'm working on now. Is starting like a little consulting thing on my own, but yeah, hundred percent. That's like the dream that I'm working to. Okay, self-employed, making your own thing. That's the future. Yeah. That's your dream. Have people under me, build a company, and then uh, eventually I want to build like a product-based company, some 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 sort of software, probably in like services, okay. like create something like that. <clears throat> okay, awesome. Are, that's big boy stuff. That's adult stuff. So, yeah, come on now. Know? I've, I've been. <laughs> corporate world enough so i want to do my own thing yeah cool awesome all right so number four our last question of the funky four is for what are you most grateful for today kids i think like um do you hear me felix getting to grow my family okay. and then yeah can you hear me now we good i can hear you yeah okay you're good um Hey, what's up, Marcos? My my uncle is on here, Ro. Um, for for sure, the thing I'm most grateful for is my family. I, I um, as a young a young man, like you you look forward to your loved one, you look forward to the person you're gonna marry and all that. But then everything changes once you have that your your wife or your husband or whatever. And so growing my kids and raising them and teaching them, like yo, know, the other night I was like gaming with my son. Judah was playing with them too. Like it's it's this whole new experience that is like so different. So I'm so yeah. grateful to have a family have a um, uh, supportive wife and then kids. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Great answer. Great answer. So all these things, all the answers to these questions are something that we're going to pick apart. We're going to talk about each individually because obviously you've experienced more life than a lot of the youth here. And mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. our youth gain from that valuable experience that you've had through just living life. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't, really take into account having mentors how powerful that is how powerful just recognizing mistakes that people have made in the past to literally just avoid them and just save months years 
of time and just that knowledge is just very powerful that's something that i've been trying to teach or trying to push in these previous podcasts of how important it is to have a mentor because that's been a recurring subject that you guys have not like the most successful people in my life and in our church like uh, the past youth is that they haven't had mentors and that's something that they always wish that they did have and we can talk mm-hmm. about this later on as well i'm sure you feel the same way um but i think it's very important to, to push that topic but so the the purpose of this podcast is just to introduce who our youth is and obviously you don't come to our church but you're one of the ogs you know like you said you were developed manufactured here at the og washington apostolic church in virginia right and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about who Felix is, who are you, what kind of what you've done, and just kind of like your life. You can talk about your testimony as well. Just this is free flowing. We're going to talk about anything and everything, which is what yeah. I love about this. Podcast. So let's just talk about who you are. Who is Felix? Where are you from? Where are your parents from? And how would you describe yourself to someone who doesn't know who you are? Um, so um, I am a lead pastor right now at Lighthouse Church in Arizona. Um, husband, right? Father of three, two, and then another one's coming this year. And, um, professionally, like how, how I make my money is, um, I do like business stuff with a, with a business system. Um, I am, I am like a son of Washington Apostolic Church. Um, that's where I come from. I was born and raised there. Everything I know really started there. Um, and so I have grown up with almost everybody that's been on here as a guest or, your whole production team. Like I know everybody <laughs> shout out to Tonyo time. Um, yeah. like I, I, we're family. We're literally like, we're family. We've been in this for, for years. Um, and then I, I had, uh, I mean, my, my like story since I was at WAC was that uh, I met Brianna who was my wife in 2013. We had an event, the very first gear up, the original gear up. Um, and uh, I had met and connected her through like a, with a social media thing. And that led to her invitation and we really got along to the point where we started dating and eventually we got married and uh, that led for me to move out here in Arizona. And it was a lot of like God's timing kind of things. Certain things fell in line in a way that um, kind of confirmed for me to be out here. And then, yeah, since then I've been out here. I've been in all sorts of ministry, kids ministry, middle school ministry, I don't know, high school, youth, um, youth pastor, minister of some sort everything every which way yeah um you know really learned under pastor losano under pastor carlitos and then um yeah i mean i don't know what else you want to talk about but yeah that's basically it i don't know no that was perfect that was perfect like i said we'll toss questions and for those of you that are watching if you guys have any questions to ask you know make sure you type them in the chat we'll get to them eventually you know like i said this is just gonna be a back and forth very casual conversation and if you have any questions that you want us to expand upon or if you have any topics that you want me and Felix to talk about, like I said, just type them in the chat. We're, we're going to get to them and we're just going to, we're just going to keep going on. So, I mean, no, that's perfect, Felix. So moving, growing up in the church, right? You, did you grow up in the church? I did. Yeah. Um, were your parents influential in the church? Did, did they hold like high positions or anything like that? Well, they've been always involved with the church as far as like, um, day to day, um, I don't know, week to week involvement. So in ministry, whatever, Dorcas, Barones, help support yeah. fr- friends of Pastor Osano and your parents. Um, yeah, they're OGs of the church. They've been in it since <laughs> 80s. So they've held all sorts of roles. Uh, 
outside of being pastors, right? But yeah, they've they've served in all sorts of capacity. Yeah. So yeah, I okay. grew up in that, um, was raised in that. I rebelled against that for many years, <laughs> and then now I live that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that that's very fundamental, and a lot of people are going through that phase right now because you know yeah. church isn't big thing now because covid you know you gotta stay safe and it's kind of just been pushed to the side by a bunch of people and even myself like i went through that phase literally like last year and that's very important because our youth has is struggling through that and i'm sure a bunch of churches are struggling through that as well just trying to keep the youth engaged in church and trying to keep them engaged with any relationship or any connection with god and we can talk about this as well and later but going through your life having your parents be involved in church just like my parents are and currently are do you think that made you feel like you had to be more involved with church things or did that help you rebel more because you're like oh this is just my whole life i don't want to do this anymore type of thing mm, it's a good question i i would say I would say I didn't know any different. So, I mean, as like all, all the people who are tuning in, you were raised in a certain way and there was like a, a normative experience. Like there was a normal that you experienced at church. And so for us, dog is every Saturday, every Sunday, right? Like, let's, yeah. Yeah, you got to go to church. And then, you know, when the guest speakers there, you're there on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, regardless of how you feel, there's like a cultural norm. And so for me, I don't think it impacted me and that like, I didn't know any different. I didn't like, I wasn't like, you know, like, oh, I wish I had a different life. My decision was to say, like, I don't, I don't want this. This is not for me. And that was like a lot more to do with my personal walk. I wanted to be like a businessman. Like that's, I wanted to make a lot of money. And in my mind, my call was like, out. like, let me be clear. I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus intimately. Like I didn't know him. And so I, I, I stood firm, like, Nowadays, a lot of the question is like, do you believe in God or not? Right. And it's either you do or you don't. And then for me, it was like, yeah, I believed in God, but I wasn't a follower of him. Right. I didn't live life in his way. And so there's a whole lot of confusion in that space. And so for me, it was like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what, like, where to go. I didn't know what I believed, but I did know I believed in God. Right. And so because I believed in God, I was like, yeah, I'll support the cause, but my way, which in my mind was start a business. I wanted to buy a house in DC, bro. His and hers kind of bends, right? Like make lots of money, send it to the church. They take care of ministry. I stack it up. And you know what that mechanism was to make that money. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to do, but that was like my dream and the direction I was going. And so um, like that, that was my path. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that was, so my parents didn't have anything to do with my rebellion in that way. I know some people okay. like real talk they they have parents that are straight up like hypocrites that they're like one thing at home and different at the church that's not that was not true for me like I didn't have that complaint uh some parents like like are abusive in their approach of religion to say hey you need to go to church I didn't have that issue with me like my parents were great like I have no complaints about my parents there's no disconnect outside of life and church it just is something that for me like all of us have sin in us and it just shows up in a certain way for me, it was pride, man. I thought I was smarter than everyone. I like, like I read scriptures and I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I just, my, my own pride showed up in a way that rejected God. And that's what caused me to step away um, and, and start my process. But yeah, my walk and my rebellion had nothing to do with my parents. It had a lot more to do with me and my desires and my wants 
my fulfillment and identity, my cravings for money and power, um, you know, but yeah, that was it. Like it was, it, my, I don't, and I can, I can empathize. I know a lot of people go through that stuff. Like they're wounded by parents and that causes them to like get mad at the church. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they were hurt by a person. Something happened that was wrong. And they, they hold on to that um, pain or whatever. And we put it on church and we put it on God. But for me, again, it had nothing to do with my parents particularly. Yeah. And I think that's a uh, thing. Hey, Pastor Rudy. God bless you. Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Please. What's up, guys? How's it going? Um, so, okay, we're, we're going to go to a question from Anna, and then I'm going to ask you something as well. So Anna says, will you say that you are currently or from time to time struggling with pride? Oh, 100%. Uh, like, <laughs> the way pride shows up in me is that I think I'm smarter than I am. And in my and I've learned that, like, to work through with that, and that, like, you know, like, life is a team sport. Like, we were made to work with people. And my tendency is to want to try to do it myself. And and be critical of others and the way they do it and try to figure it out. So yeah, I constantly deal with pride, but it's like God is graceful that He lets me fail in the small things, so that I can come back to like realization and be like, okay, hey, this is you, this is your head. Um, but yeah, I still struggle with it to this day. Um, every every day it's something new with me. But I I really believe the Lord is dealing with me in humility. Um, I'm, I can share something with God's dealing with me right now. Do, do you want me to share that? Yeah, go Sushi? ahead. That'd be awesome. So. Uh, we've been kind of working through um, like God, God's preparing our church and myself personally for the next stage of whatever we're going to be a new church. And he's been ministering really with me about character. Um, uh, and like deep, like who you are, like your nature, right? Like um, there's a, there's an awesome teaching I've heard and I try to teach it that we have three identities. You have your public self, you have your private self, and then you have your secret self. So who you are in public, who you are in private with those closest to you and then who you are in secret, who you really are, what nobody sees, but you and God. And so um, often there's a disconnect between the public self and the secret self, even the private self. Um, And so usually you find this in like your close family, your close family and your friends, they see how you really are in secret. I mean, private, excuse me, and then who you are in secret. And so God's been really dealing with me in that over the last two years, that there has to be consistency. It's easy to want to put up the image about, you know, I'm the great leader and I'm smart and I have it all together. And the issue is not, not just the front, not just to fake it, but to be that. And so what God's really been ministering in my heart recently is about um, Solomon, King Solomon. So I have always admired Solomon and that he asked for wisdom as for wisdom to lead the people. And it was a humble approach. Like he had all the blessings of his father and the covenant of his father. And like, it was like the tricky thing, right? He asked for wisdom and he got everything else, right? Again, the power, the money. Remember, like, that's always been my struggle. Like, in me is that. And so I was always, like, trying to pull a fast one on God. Like, God, give me wisdom. But in my heart, I was craving everything else. And so um, in this later stage of my life now is I have been loving wisdom. But in the story, or, like, I have, I've been trying to approach a love for wisdom. But in the story of Solomon, the end of Solomon does not end well. He loses, his son loses the inheritance of the full kingdom. The 12 tribes are split. And so like he he literally gets two tribes of the 12 and the other 10 go on to this young man who's like a servant. God sees him the same, like the nature of God is God loves people who are small and faithful. He loves that. And so there's a person that he elevates, takes the the Northern kingdom and 10 tribes and Solomon is left over. The son of Solomon is left over with the remains basically. 
And God says, the only reason I'm giving this to you is because the covenant of your father, because I love your father, nothing to do with Solomon. And so like I, as our nature goes, is we love success. We love breaking out of like fulfilling our potential. You want to be wise and powerful. Like Solomon had it all, but at the end, his legacy ended badly. And so God's been dealing with that in me is that, yo, I'm, I went in this thing, like I'm a young Solomon. Everything I touched was gold, bro. Like everything has gone well. And, and God's been dealing with me that if I don't deal with my inner issues, my character issues, it doesn't matter because it will end with me. My sons and the generations after or the people I influence, well, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. And so, um, yeah, so like in, in context of everything is like these little small steps God's working in each one of us are good. The day you're in, the lesson God's teaching you is good. Um, but if, if you don't approach these with a heart of humility and the nature of God, it, you're going to ruin it and mess it up and lose sight of it all. And so um, back to Anna's question. Yeah, I constantly deal with pride and he's dealing with me now in that kind <laughs> of like, you know, I have big prophetic words and all these things God wants to do in my life. But that stuff will be wasted if, if I don't deal with the inner me. Yeah. And awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's definitely important. And, you know, it takes a bit of humility to say those things because it's not easy, especially if you're viewed as a leader, as a lead pastor or whatever you are. Yeah, yeah church even at your job if you're a manager or whatever admitting to your mistakes and admitting to the people that look up to you that you're wrong it, it it's very it's not humiliating but it takes uh it takes humility to say that and a, a lot of people that do look up to you see that as more of a, a transparency between the leaders and the followers and just like the relationship just grows because of the transparency that you give so thank you for that that's, that's awesome stuff um, but we're going to come back a little bit. We have a couple questions and lo a lot of okay. people um, interacting. But let's just come back because we want to keep it in the timeline. We want to see young Felix to where you yeah. mm -hmm. And so, like you said, when you're when you are rebelling and, you know, everyone goes through that stage. Right. Um, and your parents didn't have much to do that. And that's something that I can relate to. All the rebellions that I did or am still doing, whatever. Right. Um, has not come from my parents. My parents are awesome people. It's just because of what I want to do. And like, oh, I know better than yeah. these people. Whatever. That's just like the constant yep. struggle, mm -hmm. you know, are just our nature. But, you know, going through high school and all that stuff, because that's typically the stage. Would you say that's when you had those types of feelings, those types of thoughts? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would say middle school into high school and into like early college. I mean, all of, all of college age. I dropped out. I don't know. If I like, I don't have a college degree. I don't know if anyone knows that. It's part of my testimony. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it would absolutely started there. And man, it just, there's so much pressure. There is so much pressure against like what, uh, you know, we say the Bible teaches, but even more what the church stands for. And um, yeah, I mean, it started at that young age in, in middle school into high school um, into college. It just, yeah. At first it was secret, right? At first it was like secretly, like double life where I would go to church or whatever. But then mm -hmm. there's a point where you, you openly engage with whatever you want. And that's part of like being an adult is you get to do what you want to some degree. Right. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, that it started around that age, high school into, into college. And can, can I say a symptom of like my rebellion is I had identity issues and that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, some people like everyone has their vice they go to. And it shows up in certain ways. So some people are like always angry and some people are always depressed or some people like will struggle with certain like drinks or drugs or, you know, like all that. 
for me, man, I was just mediocre. I was just happy being basic and plain, not succeeding, failing and getting by like a D student in every way and like every area of my life. And so like what it looked like for me, that like confusion or that rebellion is I didn't care. Like that's what it came down to. I didn't care. I didn't put value in things and like my, you know, the life I had and anything I had. Um, and so for me, again, it was just like mediocrity. I embraced me- mediocrity in every area of my life. Do you think throughout those earlier stages of your life going through, you know, going through just like the grade school and whatnot, were how how big of an influence were the outside people like uh, uh, like friends from school, other family? How big of an influence did those people play in your life and like kind of those rebellion stages or just those stages of like, oh, I don't know what to believe or like, who am I? Did the, How big of a, uh, how big were they in that factor? Well, so th- this is what I would say is like all of us have needs and we look places to fill those needs. And so at that time, like, and I'm sure some people now, and like, and I'm sure you felt this way too, Chochi, is like, yo, the youth are whack. Like that, that's how I felt, bro. Like I was like, the youth ministry is incredibly whack. It is like, wh- like, it's like this, and it's this, this tension is like, you're, you're trying to be cool and it's like completely whack. It's like, there's nothing cool about it. Right. Like we, we make events and stuff and I get it. I'm not like, I'm there. Right. I, I was youth president for years, but it's this like, it's this tension where the way we've established like coolness and what's attractive is like conflicts with the, the church culture. Mm-hmm. And especially from where we come from, the way we've established church is like, you know, I love it. Heck yeah. Gabriel Dorks, you know, like this <laughs> kind of culture that exists to fight the world. And often we encapsulate everything that is worldly as like bad. And so anyways, when we try to do youth ministry, we don't present something that is attractive or embracing like we we can't i didn't find what i was looking for at church is what i'm getting yeah. at right i was looking for something i was looking for an identity in a non-cheesy way um, i was looking for like encouragement i was looking for like you know i know mentorship has come up but even more than that like i, I didn't feel like i had peers there and so um to your question is like well i found that at school i found that like part of part of our social development is there's a point where we want to find independence from our parents, independence from our own family structures to say, well, who am I? Right. And so often what we try to label as rebellion, like we're pushing against something is we're trying to re-identify who we are. And so we desire and we crave, um, what's the word? Um, affirmation, Mm -hmm. affirmation to say, you you are that or you are good or i i do you do have value yeah and often when we come again like this is not the harp on church right i, I pray that remedy is never harp on church but to help us grow in this area in that like when we come to church yeah. we don't find affirmation we don't say hey man you are valuable as you are we know you're in a stage where it's confusing we know you're in a stage where you not may not have it all figured out um, instead, we find the opposite. You know, you're not doing what you're supposed to. Where are you here? Where you know, you're not who you're supposed to be. I taught you better. You should know better. Yeah. Um, with with good intent, I think the church means well. Yeah. Um, but I found that affirmation. Look, yo, bro, you find affirmation in the world for our stupidity. You could do stupid things, yeah. and you'll find somebody that says, "Man, you are awesome. You are <laughs> great." Right. Yeah. And so, oops, sorry. So at, at that age in high school and into college is 
a lot of church brats coming out, coming out, and I don't mean in a bad way, but like church kids growing up there, is we look for that affirmation. We we look for that in, in, uh, that that uh sorry, I'm getting texted right now. <laughs> okay, cool. I think you lagged a little bit there, but that's it's fine. Um so okay, so talking about all these things, how how can you speak upon if you're if you feel comfortable, can you speak upon specific things that you encountered? Obviously in middle school the stuff is a little bit different moving into tra- and transitioning into high school where you think you're you're more independent and more mature than everyone else or gives you credit for. Can you speak about specific things that happened to you and lessons that you learned from those things in high school? It's lagging. Hey, are you there? Sorry, I lost connection for a second. Did you hear what I said? Um, about specific, I didn't hear past specific. Okay, so yeah, just if you if you feel comfortable just talking about like specific instances or specific struggles, temptations that you struggled with going in through going into high school and that early college life, because that's kind of like where people are experimenting, where people are still trying to figure things out, and I think that would be beneficial for the people in our youth to hear those types of things. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I don't, I guess I don't know how comfortable I'm supposed to be on here, but like, yeah, I think what any any young man would deal with, like I can put it right off the bat, is like sex drinking and drugs like that yeah. that was even even as like a church kid man like is, is available and, and so what that looks like for a lot of people and this is true now it's like they have the influence of like sexuality and pornography on us the influence in like like yo that like physiologically we are primed like we're getting ready for that right our bodies and our hormones are all ready for that so that um drinking and parties and then for me drugs which is like i think it's a different thing now but back then it was like the smoke, the smoking of marijuana, right? Like things like that yeah. was, was a heavy temptation. And just the culture to that, man. Like, again, it's like when I was at church, it was like, stop listening to bad music. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was way past bad music, right? Like I was way, I was dealing with different things. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, it was those things. But but even more than that, let me take a step back. Is like, let me get my pastor hat on here. Is that there, it was still trying to fill that, hole in me and we say mm-hmm. that like emotionally you're all sad but it was more than that i was trying to find something to feel valuable to feel affirmed to feel appreciated um and so i was trying to fit in i was trying to like fit in with the cool kids and you know that that's that's what i did yeah okay cool and do you think that these things did you immediately because i know for some people it takes a couple times for you to realize okay like this is stupid like everything i'm doing isn't probably the best choice for me did it take you a couple of things or a couple of tries of these temptations or um these activities for you to realize what you're doing wasn't feel, filling that void or wasn't helping you find your identity that you were looking for or did you i don't know how did you stumble upon that this wasn't the best uh course of activity for you okay so my testimony now nah, man i had a lifestyle of this this was not like i did it once or twice it was like I, I lived a double life that I would show up to church and I always like, I always like say the story that we would show up at the very end of Saturday service. Like we'd show up very late and then we would leave from that and go to a party. Like that, that's, that's what I would do. And then show up at Sunday, Sunday service started late. Service starts at one. So we're good. You have <laughs> enough time to recover and you're good to go to service. I love it. <laughs> to go to Sunday service. <laughs> Right. Like it was a like I'm not I wasn't a crazy partier. Like there's like a spectrum. I wasn't a crazy guy. But it, for church terminology, right, for church culture, 
I was like bad in that way. Um, but yeah, man, like my, my life fell apart in college in that I had a high school sweetheart, uh, end of, uh, senior year, like senior year into like freshman or sophomore year in college. And that was like my emphasis, right? Like, again, I was looking for love and affirmation and I found that with her and it was like a toxic relationship, very bad, like terrible idea. And when that ended, I was in the stage of my life. Um, you still there, Chuch? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. Sorry. Um, and sorry that I'm, I'm away from home. We're recording the sermon. Bree's teaching the sermon in the other room. Um, but I was in the stage of my life where everything fell apart. Uh, I broke up with that girl. I basically was failing all my schools in community college, bro. Like things were going terrible. Um, I started working with my dad doing construction. And then this is around 2008. And then everything crashed. And so like everything that I thought I had a value was gone. And so it, it was nothing that like it dawned on me. This doesn't work. It just everything fell apart. And I think it was the hand of God that led me to that place where there he's basically like working in me like I am after you. Um, and so my story is that uh, youth camp around that time or family camp around the time. Um, God moved in a crazy way. This is where like the, the Alvarez girls, the clan, the cousins, they were first introduced to the whack life. Shout out. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Alvarez clan. And, um, and God met me there. And I always remember that I had, I, I was the church kid that was living that double life. And when we had prophetic people come around, I'd be all repenting. I'd be all God. Don't send brother Via to me. I'm sorry. I'm going to get my life right now. Like it was that kind of thing. And so I, I, I knew the voice of God. I knew that God had been speaking to me. And so at that family camp, I remember God like clearly interacting with me. And I told him, okay, if you still want me, I'm yours, right? Like I have nothing of value. I have nothing else going on. If you still want me, I'm yours. And that was like what started a year's process. From that point, it took about a year kind of in and out where I would come, I'd be on the altar crying, repenting, doing that thing. And then, you know, somebody calls me and say, hey, we're having a party. I'd be like, no, no. And then I would go. And then next weekend, you know, so about a year, um, like a couple significant points where it was like really life changing. And from that point, clean and clear, I was fully, I have been fully committed uh, to the Lord since then. Um, certain people came in my life around that time, like uh, Marlon, Ernest, Myra, um, and uh, like a, a bunch of us. And that's where we really press into the Lord. Um, and here we are. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So throughout that stuff, right? How, how have you, or how did the church dynamic change where you were like, oh, this is something that I could really commit to, or this is something that I actually need in my life because you had that kind of like that moment, you know, where it's like, okay, this kind of changed everything. So how did church, how did you view church differently after that? Or like, oh snap, I need to change. So, so two things. One is, um, church did not change in itself, right? Church was the same. It was the same thing. But uh, Pastor Osano really took me and a couple of my peers under his wing. We would go to like his, his teach, like a class every week. And so, man, I, I just had such a desperation and hunger for God in knowing him. And this was before we experienced like the power of God. Uh, and I say we, because it was, it was like a group of us at this point. Like Ruth was there as well. Um, my brother, uh, but we were like, man, just after God, I was like, I had met him. He had broke me. I kept going back. 
in my moments of pride and my moments of failure, I kept going back. And every time I went back to him, he would meet me. And so it was just a desperate, I mean, to this day, like that's what I push. I want a desperation for him. And so uh, he started to change in me and it's like changing your appetite, right? That all of a sudden I was craving something else. That doesn't mean I didn't have my temptations. It doesn't mean there's not moments you fall short, but I, like I said, I kept coming back to him. And so what started to happen is God started to form this identity in me. And, and something I say too, is like, I felt like God turned on my brain where I was like, a, I was an idiot before. And all of a sudden I felt like intelligent. I could understand things. Um, yeah. Another very interesting that happened for me is like when I really committed to God, all of a sudden I had a career. So I was doing construction. Remember with my dad, things went mm-hmm. sour. And then Susie Wharton from church, she reached out and said, Hey, are you interested in a new job that there'd be an internship? And I believe that's because like, uh, I was faithfully serving in kids ministry. And she saw me, saw potential, got opened a door through her. And she was a blessing in my life that basically mm-hmm. I have my career that I have now because I started a business internship. We were doing like revenue recognition, but, um, <laughs> So my life in its entirety completely changed in like one moment to another. I was, when I didn't have work, man, I would find a way to get to church. I would just pray. I like a lot of my prayer in that time was for the youth was like, I remember clearly my prayer was that we would not lose a generation like we did before. We had lost the whole generation of young people at the warehouse. Like, I don't know if you remember back then, like gone, everybody left, everybody left Mm -hmm. the church. And so my my prayer at that time was like, don't let that happen with my generation. And and I, I believe God honored that and put me like as part of the team to help figure out how to keep us strong and grow us. Um, but basically baby steps. Let me take a step back. Sorry, I get excited about all the other stuff. <laughs> but when I first started, man, I didn't like reading the Bible just like everyone else. It didn't make sense to me. Okay. I would pray and I didn't always feel the, you know, shalali, shalali, presence of God over me. There was times where I would get bored. I would get distracted, but I was hungry to find him in that place again. And so I just kept going back. I kept on reading. Um, Pastor Troy in that time was, was very helpful to us. And he will help teach us, guide us. Pastor Osano exposed us a lot to different movements in the kingdom. So different people that were moving in certain ways. And so what God started to do in me is resonate to say, you're going to be this. You can do this. Remember, before my experience was telling God, God, this is what I'm going to be, right? I'm going to be business guy. This is what, and so God started to work in me that I lost all of that. And he started to give me an identity and a direction to say, this is what you're going to be now. And so a step at a time, I started reading, started to make sense. Yo, bro, I would eat preachings and teachings every day, every day. Like we have the internet. If you want to learn, there are weeks of sermon series that are waiting for you. And so I just ate every moment of every day, eating, learning, uh, doing more, you know, more studies on my own. Um, and then once my appetite changed is when I was able to understand things at church. I started serving the church and I can say me and my group of friends, my peers, our approach was how can we bring change to the church? What are the things we can do about giving an example? Like, yo, I've been in your shoes. How can we show the OGs that there is a better way, right? And so that's what we would do. We would figure out a new way um, how to do these things and, and move forward. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great stuff. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to dissect this because this is good stuff. We've actually been going at it for like 40 minutes. If you believe it or not, 40 minutes, it's time Dang. flies. By. I love it. Um, and we got some, a couple people joined. Thank you guys for joining. For those of you who don't know, this is Felix Calero from 
Arizona pastor. He used to come. He used to come from Whack over here, and he's been spitting some great stuff. He's been dropping some knowledge. So make sure you you guys stay tuned in. If like I said, if you have questions, make sure to type them in the comments as well. Okay, so moving from you know that rebellion to finding that identity to God, like he's like, okay, let me slap you real quick, Felix. You're being stupid. This is let me show you all the stuff that I want to give you. Let me let me give you that identity. From then on, how did your life change? How did the people around you change? How did your outlook on life change? And kind of what were your thoughts post those things? Like what was young Felix thinking back then? Okay, so it's like pre-Jesus and then early Jesus and then early now, right? So early Jesus really was about like, so it, it's like, there's a pure passion for God. There's like this purity of like, I just want more of God and what I was just expressing. And what happens is you're easily influenced by those around you to start putting value on certain things. So I'll give you an example. Early in our walk, we were all about revelation. Like, like show me the new thing, God. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys still pray like this, but often our prayer was like, Lord Jesus, we pray you move in a new way today, right? Like that, like that was a lot of early Rama youth drive is like, Lord, show up in a new way. I want to experience you in a new way, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But that became my sole focus in that it was all about like new experiences and new expressions of God. And um, I mean, I, I, like now I can tell you, like, it's about like depth in that re revelation. You could take the same thing. And there's a depth that comes from experiencing it, sharing it. God shows new levels and, and like variations of that thing. But anyways, back then it was all about new. We want to learn a new thing. And we would sit down. And I remember me and my little squad, we would sit and go to McDonald's and be like, what is God showing you now? Right? Like, show me, <laughs> tell me about the new things God is showing you now. And we'd come up with things. And some of the stuff is great gold. I think a lot of us, if we were to share, it, it would still stand today. Some of it was kind of silliness, like it's our own immaturity and like newness to the spiritual realm. Um, but was like it, it was pursuing and pressing this thing like into into God's calling. And a lot of it became all about God's specific calling in your life. So what is God making you to be? And it was good. It was good for that time. Um, but it's like I was called to be a pastor and I was going to be a teacher and God would administer. And he would give me a lot of dreams, even dreams that impact me now to say, like, this is where you're going. And so in the early stage, it was all about like long-term, this is where what's going to happen in your life. And we'd get words. Um, we had a lot of prophetic ministers come. Brother Cajola, Brother Villa, Brother Etza, um, Apostol Amador, my, my homie Steve Rojas. Um, just people that were called to give like that kind of, uh, kind of ministry. And so those, again, affirmed the direction we were going. Like, oh, here, you know, we're out here and. There's a young man here that God has his eyes on and it's you. And we'd go up and we'd pray, you know, like God was just confirming his word. He kept pounding the same nail, so to speak. And mm -hmm. so a lot of what we learned was immaturity. We had to grow through it. I had to go through that as well, but it was giving direction for, for the years to come, the decades to come, even a lot of stuff I haven't yet seen still. Um, but I see it. I see symptoms and reminders of those things. Gotcha. You, you're talking about the squad, which I'm familiar with. A lot of OG people uh, know who you're talking about, but who were the people and were they going, were you guys, like just having like the same 
life changing some uh, same revelations at the same point was that just like a coincidence or like who are these people and how did these people come to form your squad yeah i i think it was like there was like i'll keep it i'll keep it 100 because we're here on the other end of things now like a decade later but <laughs> like to be frank a lot of the guys gravitated to the new girls i want to keep it 100 <laughs> Like, that is what really happened. It was nothing spiritual about it at first. Love it. it was like, all the guys, like, new girls at church. You know, shout out <laughs> to Alvarez, bro. New girls at church. And so there we were. My, Me and my brother never even went to church. And all of a sudden, we wanted to be there. Like, what? No. Stone. Like, that was, it was nothing spiritual about it at first. But out of that, like, we did develop relationships. Like, uh, Ernesto, myself, and, and Alex, we played World of Warcraft. Uh, like religiously, we hardcore, um, and just different relationships came from that. Like the the squad was like us, Marlin. So okay, there was like a bigger group that would hang out and meet. But those of us really pressed into like, like really, is those of us who went to pastors Wednesday class. Um, uh, like the girls was like Ruth, Myra, and Anna, and then it was like Marlin, myself, Alex, and Ernesto, and then and then there were outliers, right? Like uh, uh, the homie Brian. Like at different stages later, we we hung out met more um things like that but yeah that was like the core group at the beginning that was really like on fire in that way and then it, again yeah. it grew in different iterations of that group over the years um, how how impactful were those people in helping push because obviously a lot of people say that you know you can achieve more with people and uh, and having like friends that truly are your friends not just fake people from church helping encourage you really does make mm -hmm. a difference how how big of a difference was that for you personally? Oh, it was like 90% of the reason we kept going. Because like, I, I remember what I told you is like at the beginning, man, there was no place for me. There was no place to hold me. And I know this is the complaint that church is clicky. And I get it. I get where that comes from. Um, but there's something about like natural chemistry that you can't fake. You can't replicate. You can't, you know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Your way to it. It is, it's something that's grown. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, I, I knew people I could share my experiences with. I told you, we talked all about what God was teaching us. So it's people who were like-minded, had similar values. And um, I mean, it was 90% of the reason why I kept going. Like I had bad days. You know, we were constantly praying for each other, checking in on each other. Um, but it's also, we were aligned to like where we were going, right? We had a clear sense of this is where, what we want to do and where we want to go. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So moving on from that, then, you know, we, as we know, right, you moved on like hindsight, right? You moved on to become a very influential person within our church and obviously within the youth ministry. How, how did that specifically line up from, you know, you know, just having that group of people becoming more uh, ingrained in what God's saying and, you know, forming that relationship with God? How, when did that come about? Like, when was that part of the journey? When was it? I'm sorry, can you say that again? I didn't understand the question. So essentially, it's what I'm trying to ask is like, how far along did you have to go, like being in a relationship with God for for you to become that that leader, that youth president oh. or whatever? Yeah. Oh, bro, within a year, man. <laughs> within a year. Yeah, and, and I don't mean that like like how awesome I am. I just mean like I was made for that moment. I know that I know that like I was made for that. And it, it was within a year, like a year I served under other, you know, our world is like youth leadership. There's a different youth president. And so um, that year I just served, man. I showed up how I could. 
I prayed. I was consistent in the eyes of God. And like, God is the one that elevates us. And so God was just preparing me. I told you, I'd nonstop eating of the word, studying. You know, like for us, the peak thing was like sunrise service. We do our, who gets to teach this Sunday? And you're out there teaching her, Jesus loves you, you know, like stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, within a year, man, I, I was made for that. And every, every year after that, it only got better. Um, but it, it really was the molding of God in that process that set us out. But I, I always say, and I say it to this day, any success we saw was because of the team, not because of me or anything. Like I actually suck at doing things. Like I, I a hundred percent like suck. If you ask anybody that worked with me, like I do very little, I like actually move chairs around. Like I do the hard labor, but the, the, the execution of the plan is always other people like Myra, Merle, uh, Ruth, Anna, like Brian, everybody, like they are the people that have kept things afloat and moving things forward. Like I actually suck. Like to this day, I came to Arizona. It turns out I suck. Like I found out very quickly. Like my success was not me. It was the people around me. So like I, I just was called for that moment to lead an amazing team. That's all it was. Awesome. Yeah. And I would just say it's like a culmination, like you said, just like perfect timing, just multiple people feeling the same yeah. way and feeling that drive to become closer to God. And that was something that was so memorable about that youth because it inspired me and I'm sure it inspired a lot of younger kids. Even Because even though that we were young and didn't fully understand what was happening, you could just feel the impact. Like it's noticeable. And that's something that even beyond church, like job, sports, whatever you want to do, right? It's just noticeable how amazing specific people and how these people click to form something. And it's, it's just crazy. I, I And like that team that you were talking about and those uh, those youth that are freaking amazing. And even to this day, we still have some of those mentors like Brian, Anna, Merrily, Daniel that are yeah. still here, that mm -hmm. are still. So it's, it's just like that everlasting effect and that cas cascading effect of what happened. And we're going to talk about you moving to Arizona in a little bit. We got like around six minutes. So I'll, I'll give you one question and then we'll, we'll transition into the next podcast or the next hour, okay. six, then. Um, so Throughout that, or but here, let me ask you one question before this. So you were accepting, you were comfortable with with being given that position of youth president to begin with. I was surprised because I, I basically came out of nowhere and I was like, okay, you're, you're going to help lead this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I grew into it. Remember, like, I almost, almost around the same time, I started to do, like, business stuff. So I was all learning, like, strategy and planning and excel sheets and as i grew here i grew here so i would i would bring that stuff over um but no i would say i grew into the role i i wouldn't say like i embraced like i wasn't like ready for it i but i definitely yeah. think like as i grew into it like we everybody stepped up to the challenge right i learned past and i like i want to give where credit where credit is due pastor lasano taught us about leadership about spiritual like disciplines about like like everything I learned, all I did was put to practice. So it was nothing like me specifically, but it's what I was learning. We just were doing. So yeah, I, I would definitely say I grew into it. Not that I was like ready to roll. Like I was, I was an idiot. I was dumb. I like didn't know what I was doing, but we figured it out a step at a time. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, this is one thing that a lot of people have struggled with and the youth previously, or like, I guess like the board or the leadership previously so I like how you commented that you grew into it, that you weren't like, yeah. okay, I'm in this role, let me dominate. I know what to do exactly. 
what do you what do you say to the people that are given that role the, that responsibility and they're not feeling ready for it or they don't want it what do you what would you say to those people yeah i, I would say this i would say that i i see that trait a lot in like in you guys in your generation there's like a lot of hesitation for some reason and and i would say part of it is like i'm i i think you guys can't compare yourselves to other generations i feel like that's often what happens like there's this pressure to be like oh you gotta be like old old rama youth back in the day and i i think there needs to be a new vision a new like new leaders like with chris like uh and and you guys like where are you going what are you going to do and then just action steps to so say, these are the baby steps we're going to do. Maybe you take it a month at a time, three months at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say, <clears throat> I, I just think there's like, okay, there's like deeper issues. We don't have to get into that. But there's like a cultural insecurity with you guys that it never feels like you guys are doing the right thing in the right way at the right time. And so you guys always feel like you have to prove yourselves. And of course, you're going to quit because who can measure up to something that's like perfect? Nobody can. Yeah. And so I think you guys have to reset your, your expectation is what the heck are we supposed to do? How are we going to do this? And those of you guys who are stronger, who have more experience, you help them into that role. Like you, you cannot expect something from someone they've never done before. That's unrealistic, mm-hmm. but you can help say like, okay, what have you done? What, ha- you know, and close that gap, bring them somewhere in the middle. And then we challenge forward. We raise the bar little by little. You don't start here. No one's going to make that. You start little by little. So yeah, no, that's great advice. I, I asked this question to Anna last week, and I'm going to ask this to you because I think it's a very important question to ask, and it's good to have different perspectives no matter what the answer is. So this is going to be a controversial question. Number one of this podcast, do you believe that everyone is called to be a leader? Uh, well, what do you mean by that, right? So I think, okay, two things. One is everyone's called to be a servant, and everyone is called to influence and if you define leadership as ex- exercising influence, then the answer is yes. Do I expect everyone to be a type A leader with go, go, go? Like, no, absolutely not. But you should be expressing influence in whatever area you're in. You know, the, like okay. a biblical example of that is you're supposed to shine your light to be the light of this world. And um, so I, I just think it's like, yes, to some degree, we're supposed to be an example. If you're supposed to be an example, are you a leader? Then yes, right? But I don't think everyone's supposed to lead in the way we often define it. Like to mm-hmm. serve is to give an example. I'm like, I'm here to serve. I think we're supposed to live a life of excellence, no matter what you do. If that's being an example, then I think you lead in that way. Um, like, yeah. So yes, in that capacity, yeah, everyone's called to influence and to give an example. Um, I don't think everyone's supposed to be large and have a title. Okay, cool. So don't mean to cut you short, but we got one minute left. So we're going to, for everyone that's watching right now, we're hitting the time cap because Instagram, you want to get an hour for the time cap. Please, we're going to we're gonna come back into Instagram. We got 16,000 people. I think that's your high for today, Felix. It, so it froze. So I haven't seen any comments or everything when it disconnected. I still see 11 people when okay, no comments. People, 17K people. We're going to do a part two for everyone that's watching right now. Show, show, show us some love. Drop some emojis. We're going to do a part two. Join in like literally in one second. We're going to put it up. Thank you guys for watching. Part two is going to be more interactive for you guys. Ask questions in the next one. We'll be back. Make sure to stay tuned and we'll be back. We'll see everyone. Bye. Bye.